1: Welcome to the Sooners Extra post game podcast. I'm your host Ryan Aber, here high above Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, or I guess high above Owen Field at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. After OU's seventy six to nothing blowout of Western Carolina, joined by uh, columnist Jenny Carlson and uh, beat writer Justin Martinez. And uh, guys, we all expected a blowout today. Don't know that any of us expected it to be 76 to nothing. Uh, Jenny, clearly Western Carolina was overmatched and and OU was going to just take care of business regardless. But how much can you take away from this game as we move forward and start looking toward uh, Nebraska next week?
0: Well, I think the way that Oklahoma dominated is important for you know, forward building for this team, you know, obviously did not finish the game the way they wanted to a week ago against Tulane and, you know, had some, had some errors, you know, sort of across the board. And I think today, the fact that we saw a pretty, you know, clean performance across the board, I think that was a good sign, you know, especially when you, like you said ryan i mean this was a an outcome that we didn't we didn't doubt that what would happen how it would happen i think was you know yet to be played out but the fact that you didn't see a lot of uh you know mistakes, penalties, turnovers, uh, miscues. I mean, I think that that was positive. I think uh, those are good things. Uh, you know, what does that mean moving forward? Uh, I mean, that's that's up for the Sooners to, to determine um, where they go from here. But, you know, to play a lesser opponent with a big rivalry on the horizon, I thought those were good positive signs for OU.
1: And, Justin, who do you think this was most important to? Was it most important to OU's offense, OU's defense, any specific players? Uh, You know, who was this performance most important to uh, tonight?
2: Yeah, there are a couple guys that come to mind. I think um, Eric Gray on the ground, I think he had a good uh, performance after, you know, a pretty quiet OU debut in week one. You look at the defense also, um, they were able to get three turnovers, which – you know, it's something that they've really uh, taken pride in, is trying to take a or create turnover. So, them as a group, they can definitely build off of this. Um, there's there's a lot of, uh, I guess, positives to take out of this in a game like this. So, yeah, there's definitely some guys uh, who hopefully can build off of this.
1: Yeah, sorry, Jenny, were you going to say something?
0: Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I think it's gonna be interesting the offensive line. Um, you know, what they learned today. I mean, I think there was. Um, you know, obviously questions a week ago, we still um, I still have questions about them and what that rotation, what that, you know, main lineup will look like moving forward, because I'm still not sure this is exactly what it will be in the, in the heart of this uh, in this schedule. But, you know, I, it was today important, I, you know, again, sort of remains to be seen how they build off this, but that was a real question mark for me
1: yeah, interesting to see uh, the, the, the offensive line there with the, the, the starters that we saw we saw Robert Congel uh, back at center. I think uh, you know some some people expected to see Andrew Rame there after he uh, missed most of last week's game after uh, not having much time to prepare for the opener as he was out uh, a lot of game week but Robert Congel played well against uh, against Tulane a week ago. So not entirely surprising to still see him there. Not quite sure that's going to be like a Wally Pip situation where Andrew Rames' chance at starting disappears completely. I think certainly Andrew Rames got a chance to earn his way back into the starting lineup. But it's something uh, interesting to watch, especially if Conjo keeps performing well. But uh, on the offensive line, I thought to, to me the most interesting development tonight was getting a chance to see Wanya Morris out there played a little bit of tackle on both sides. I think he's a guy who has a chance to, to earn his way into that starting lineup. Now, where, where he plays is uh, a bit of a question mark. Does he take over Eric Swenson's spot? Uh, we saw Swenson start tonight. Does he take over Tyrese Robinson? And, and what becomes of Anton Harrison? So I think certainly Bill Bedenboe has more than five that he feels comfortable playing But generally, he settles on five guys and pretty much rolls with them. And I I think that time is probably coming here before too long. But certainly, I thought, took some steps in the right direction, especially as it comes to run blocking. Justin there mentioned Eric Gray, nine carries, 74 yards, much better uh, performance than we saw a week ago. Also had a 20-yard touchdown catch early in the game. Uh, yeah, I thought he looked a lot better, and they also got to show up some depth. And heck, we even saw Spencer Rattler with a nice little run—a uh, gosh, what was it—a 22-yard run, I think, when he needed 23 to score. A little bit careless there with the ball at the end, but was able to uh, hold on to it and uh, keep things alive for a touchdown. Uh, a, a play later, uh, guys. Though as we start to look uh down the down the line whether it's next week to nebraska or uh, beyond that is there somebody who played a lot tonight who maybe we either didn't see in the opener or didn't see in a a featured way in the opener who you think is going to have a uh, a a big impact the rest of the season i'll I'll let you start this one justin
2: yeah i think one guy that comes to mind is jaden hazelwood um not the most triumphant return in a week one against Tulane. Um, but I had two touchdowns in this one. You know, he, he was someone that the Spencer Rattler had said he was, he was making it a point to get him more involved in this week because they're going to need someone to step up and be sort of that second option behind Marvin Mims. You know, it's, it's looking like it could be a competition between him. Mario Williams has been playing pretty well. Um, but with Theo Weiss out, you're going to need someone else to also provide some production there and, uh, yeah, solid outing for Hazelwood, able to get to uh, into the end zone twice today.
1: Yeah, it's funny. He had uh, four catches on five targets, just just 19 yards, though, combined after having uh, four for 47, no touchdowns. But hey, a lot of times it's just about being in the right place at the right time. And I thought that was big for Hazelwood, just confidence-wise, to get back at the end zone. It had been a while for him, I think, really early in his freshman season. That game against South Dakota, I believe, was the last time. That he'd scored a touchdown. Uh, what about you, Jenny? Who do you, who do you see that played a, uh, a significant role tonight? That that maybe we see more here moving forward.
0: Yeah, you know they were still rolling a lot of guys in defensively, in which you know I I assume that that rotation will tighten a little bit next week against Nebraska and maybe even more in in coming weeks. But you know I think some of these younger guys in the linebacking group and the and the um, the secondary are. You know, they're they're interesting. We saw Danny Stutzman go down with an injury, what we think looks like something shoulder or elbow. Um, but he led the team in tackles tonight, had eight tackles. Um, you know, really productive night for him. Obviously, playing a lot in the second half with, you know, a largely reserved unit. But then um, you also saw. Um, who else were we looking at? Oh, Ethan Downs had a couple tackles and also had a, a forced fumble in the second half when he was in there. So it's interesting to sort of, you know, to think how do those guys factor in a guy like Shane Whittier, who, um, uh, Alex Grinch talked about in uh, this week before this game, basically insinuating that he kind of needed to get his, himself in line both on and off the field. But, you know, he ends up with three tackles, uh, which was second highest on the team tonight. Not a tackles were spread out pretty good but um those guys i'm interested to see can they continue to infuse um those you know linebacker positions those secondary spots with you know that that action that athleticism that we saw out of them in, in spurts tonight
1: yeah i think both of those answers are good you know i'm i'm going to go with latrell mccutcheon a guy that uh, a freshman who we saw moving to the starting lineup uh, tonight for the first time i asked he uh, asked asked Alex Grinch about this after the game and he sort of called out their cornerbacks and said, Hey, we're just looking for somebody who's going to give us something positive out there. And we haven't really gotten that whether it's in practice or games. And if you're not going to get it out of your older guys, then why not give the younger guys a chance to sort of feel their way out and, and figure out their way to get to that point. And I think we saw that a little bit with Latrell McCutcheon didn't see much as far as numbers from him, just the one solo tackle there. But I think he's a guy whose role on this team has a chance to grow as the season uh, goes on. He's a guy who came out really highly recruited out of Austin, Texas. And uh, uh, I I think we're going to see more and more of him as the year goes on, especially if he's able to to stay uh, in in the starting lineup. Uh, Jenny, uh, Spencer Rattler struggled in in the opener. Uh, numbers weren't bad overall except for the just the one touchdown and, and two interceptions there. But today, very efficient 20-26, 243 yards, five touchdowns. And by halftime, he's sitting over there wearing a baseball hat instead of uh, a football helmet. Uh, mentioned the run earlier. What did you make about Spencer Rattler's game and the progress we saw from him from last week to this?
0: Yeah, I mean it- – I think I th- I wrote about this uh, for today's Oklahoma and for Saturday's Oklahoma um, the idea that, you know, it's really easy to think of Spencer Rattler as this finished product because he, you know, started every game for the Sooners uh, last year. He, you know, so he, we saw him make such huge strides, especially late in the year. He comes into this year, a Heisman trophy contender, maybe even the front runner, depending on who you want to ask it's easy to think, okay, he's, he's, he's who he's going to be. And the reality is, is he's still got, he's still got stuff to learn. He's still got stuff to improve. And, and I think every game is an opportunity for him to continue to evolve. And yeah, I think it was just a, uh, I I mean, like you said, Ryan, I think the Tulane game wasn't necessarily a bad game, but you know, the standard being High. that's standard. He set a standard that's been set at Oklahoma. Um, it wasn't to that standard. They needed even more from him. And, uh, you know, today didn't test him in some of the ways that he'll be tested in coming games as far as, you know, being captain, being a leader, those sorts of things, um, because you know, they were playing such an overmatched opponent, but, you know, it's hard to find too many faults with a, you know, a five touchdown day, um, only got sacked once, you know, just really felt like, you know, he was, he was smooth. He, he didn't, he didn't make mistakes. Um, you know, like you said, he, he did have that, uh, put the ball on the ground at one point there, but, you know, just really, um, and again, what I said earlier, I think applies to Spencer Rattler. When you're playing a, an opponent that you know you overmatch and there's a, there's a great rivalry coming down the line, it's really easy to you know, get distracted. And, and I don't think he was that way, and I think that's a good positive sign for him.
1: Just, Justin, what do, you, what do you think it means for Spencer Rattler moving forward to have the kind of performance uh, that he did today? Is this going to be more typical of what we see from Spencer Rattler the rest of the way? Uh, you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know just how much of it is because of the opponent that they're facing, you know? Um, but he did look a lot sharper. I felt like he didn't force as many throws. There were definitely some instances where he did that in the first game. He had that interception on the opening drive. He had a couple of, um, just, just poor passes. And I thought he was a lot sharper in this one, a lot more composed. So we'll see if he's able to carry that over. Um, You know, against some some tougher competition, Uh, but that remains to be seen.
0: Do you guys think some of those um, some of those throws that maybe were questionable? I'm I'm not disagreeing that there were, but I think sometimes he makes some throws thinking, you know. I really, I think I can get this in there. He's, you know, sort of got that competitiveness in him that I think a lot of uh, quarterbacks do. And it's going to be interesting to see how that how that push and pull, how that give and take, you know, um, plays out this year. I don't know if that will get Spencer Rattler and the Sooners into trouble anytime soon. You know, obviously it was It was a lot closer than anyone expected against Tulane, but, you know, does it cost him a game at some point? I don't know. It's interesting, though, how how do you sort of ride that that edge of the um, wanting to have him be uh, believe in himself, believe in his guys, really think he can make any play at any time, but not push it over the edge tonight? Probably didn't test that, but it'll be interesting to see how does that look? against Nebraska, against a team that I think it's going to be a pretty hyper-competitive environment next week.
1: Yeah, Jenny, I'm right there with you on that, that, uh, you know, I think there are times when he, I don't know, not necessarily tries to do too much, but certainly uh, maybe thinks he can do some stuff that uh, winds up being, uh, you know, a little bit tougher than he, he anticipated. Certainly confidence is not lacking with Spencer Rattler, but it's about picking your points, to do those things, picking your spots and not doing them in situations that are really going to cost you. And I think certainly it looked that way tonight, you know, not that Western Carolina is a great defensive group or certainly a great secondary to really test that. I think certainly that'll come over these next couple of weeks as the OU plays, uh, you know, Nebraska and, and, and West Virginia and, and uh, Kansas State, but certainly – you feel better about it tonight than you did, you know, a week ago after uh, a really uneven performance against Tulane. So, uh, OU did exactly what they should have done tonight, uh, did what was expected of them. And uh, certainly, I think OU fans have to feel better about this team tonight than they did, uh, you know, 24 hours ago, even. Um, uh, Jenny looking forward to uh, Nebraska though uh, clearly this isn't the same you know Corn Huster's program that uh, built you know one of the great the most storied rivalries in college football uh, against Oklahoma over the years in the Big 8 and then early in the Big 12 but uh, even then uh, a special week coming up with all the uh, celebrations of the 1971 game both the uh, You know, the OU folks were going to be here from that game, the Nebraska folks that are going to be here from that game, Uh, even though it was a Nebraska win. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people just respect the history of that game and and that performance and and what it was at the time, uh, the game of the century and still one of the great games in college football history.
0: Yeah, I think if you're of a certain age, you you just remember that Nebraska and Oklahoma played regularly for, you know, high stakes, you know, some of the highest stakes, whether that was big eight supremacy or a chance to play for a national championship. You know, that was just that was the standard for a lot of years. You know, it was Barry Switzer and Tom Osborne and, um, you know, Husker Red and, sooner crimson and i mean it was just that was that was such a standard such a you know standard bearer in college football for uh, for decades so i mean that 71 game will be honored obviously it's it's the reason why the game is happening this year here at ou but it's a celebration of, you know, a great rivalry that, you know, goes beyond just that game. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely not, you know, even when they announced that the series was being renewed in uh, 2012, you know, it only been a couple years earlier that OU and Nebraska had played in the Big 12 championship game as Nebraska is on their way out the door to the Big 10. But, you know, now here we sit nine years after the announcement, Nebraska, you know, floundering. They've been through multiple athletic directors, multiple football coaches, um, still not anywhere close to what they were. Um, not even in the, I'm not talking about the glory days. I'm talking about like the, you know, sort of down a few steps glory days. So it's uh, <laughs> the, it's the
1: Frank Solich days yeah. when they, uh, <laughs> they yeah. fired they him because take- they thought they were going to take a back to the Tom Osborne days and then they've been fighting just to get back to those the last few years
0: they would take Frank Solich back I think in a heartbeat a lot of Husker fans but yeah I mean it's so it's it's unfortunate that we're not going to get that magnitude of game um, but it will definitely be something cool to see these two teams You know, back on the field again, lots of players and coaches from that game in 71 will be here. Lots of history, you know, the black and white images and, you know, the the turf field, the the Astro turf field. That's all going to be great fun to to see that all resurrected as we get closer to the game next Saturday.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Justin, Jenny brought up to Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch after the game where they were. In 2012, when this game was announced, Lincoln-Riley was at East Carolina. Alex Grinch, I believe, was at Missouri. What grade were you in in 2012? So
2: 2012 was my junior year of high school. (laughs) Ah, crap. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Jenny, I knew I was going to make both of us feel old by asking that. But when you brought up the year specifically, I had to... To bring that up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I figured out that uh, I think Caleb Kelly uh, would have been probably in his teen years in 2012 when they announced this series was coming back. But pretty much every hey, other Caleb Sooner. Kelly
1: Wasn't he on the OU roster in 2012? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I think it was just. I think it just uh, was just about to join. Yeah, but yeah, obviously, uh, most of these guys in elementary school when this uh, when this rivalry was announced and the last time it was played definitely had a majority of the team. You know, maybe not even playing football yet. A a lot of them.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that this game hasn't been played since what was it twenty the twenty ten Big Twelve Championship game, Jenny. That was the last one.
0: Yeah, correct.
1: So it's, it's going to be uh, an interesting week. Certainly uh, Nebraska now isn't what Nebraska uh, you know, has been for, for much of their uh, existence. But uh, it'll be interesting seeing Scott Frost's team. And Scott Frost, who was a Sooners killer during his OU career, just had two monster uh, blowouts against the Sooners. Uh, you know, on the, the positive side for, uh, for the Cornhuskers. But certainly as a coach has struggled, uh, Nebraska got themselves a win today uh, against Buffalo to move to two and one. But uh, certainly uh, OU presents a different kind of animal than anything that uh, the Cornhuskers have faced uh, to this point this year against Illinois, against Fordham last week, and then uh, – Against Buffalo today as they win twenty eight to three. So it'll be interesting to see you know how that game turns out, and uh, you know find out a little bit more, I think uh, of how much tonight's game means in the big scheme of things. I think uh, you know, as we move forward into next week and beyond, I think that'll be those will be lessons that we can't really set in stone tonight, but uh, certainly, in hindsight, we'll be able to, to take a better look at those. But anyway, we're going to wrap it up here at uh, Giller Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sooners Extra podcast. We'll be back next week after OU's uh, game against Nebraska. That'll be an 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox. Until then, you can check our workout every day at Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoma for the best OU coverage of the